Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Okay, good morning, gardeners. Um, another day of hot. I mean, that's, that's just the way it's going to be, I guess. There is an interesting thing here. We were complaining about the high temperatures and it's like, oh, come on, come on. Someday it's got to break, right? Do you know we're only in the fifth highest number of 100 degree days? Yeah, we've actually had five different years where they had more 100 degree days than we have now. So it's hot and the... The, the, the amount of heat, the temperatures we're getting, those are all new records. But the actual number of 100 plus degree days, yeah, we're only number five in our uh, weather history here. Hopefully that will break very soon. A little talk about rain, kind of waste time, but there is a chance not a huge one, that Tuesday we may get some rain. And it was funny because the National Weather Service listed as a hundredth to a tenth of an inch. Now, look, rain is rain. We'll we'll take every drop we can get, but it's not going to break our weather pattern. Maybe one of the Gulf storms will. The only problem with that is they tend to be pretty severe. And between the Gulf and us, the people in between usually wind up getting pounded pretty bad. So we uh, feast or famine, you know, good weather, bad weather. There's always something else coming down the pike. Speaking of the heat, um, we always provide water for wildlife we have a whole bunch of uh we have a whole bunch of bird bass around the property and it's kind of funny because you'll see lots of different kinds of birds sharing the water at the same time it looks like one of those big african watering holes you know where you have all the creatures and they all kind of declare a truce for each other, you know, I'm not going to eat you. You go ahead and get something to drink. I'll give you a head start, okay? Well, the birds are going crazy, and as is typical, the uh, dove, kind of uncoordinated flyers, come crashing into the bird bath and chase everybody away simply because, well, they don't do a very good job of landing. Now, we always put bird bass flush to the ground too. Right now, our ground-based bird baths tend to be two small uh, saucers that would go on the bottom of a pot and two pie plates. Yeah, we have a couple of glass pie plates and we've set them down on the ground and filled them with water. And we get a line of animals at that couple of rabbits waiting in line. Uh, birds will still come by. We'll see um, things like uh, 
everything from geckos to lizards, they just line up and try to get the water. It's the least we can do, you know? We're only putting out a little water in the pie plate. It's not like we're using hundreds and hundreds of gallons. But we're trying to keep them going. It's been a brutal year. Um, quite a deadly year, actually, in terms of the heat. Many of these birds, they can't take it. <clears throat> now, the rabbits, um, we have lots of uh, plants. I was going to say flowering plants, but they're not all flowering. But there sure are lots of places for them to hide under. And it's not so much hiding as it is just getting out of the brutal sun. It is cooler underneath some of these bushes. We're trying to get ready for fall when the monarchs migrate through. We want plenty of flowers, plenty of blooming flowers with nectar so that they can get food on their way south. We have... Um, the American beauty berry, which produces those purple berries. Oh, the mockingbirds just battle over them. Our Turk's cap, we get hummingbird bites all the time. Only have a couple. And, uh, they just love to battle each other. You hear their little beeping as they fight over maybe a hundred flowers they just aren't sharing. Weird how that happens. Let's go to the phone. This is Danny. Danny, what can I help you with? Hey, Jeff. Um, I'm having the hardest time and embarrassed to admit this growing dwarf Burford hollies. We have a west bed. Uh, right before the fall, before the year of the super freeze, we did that bed. Um, they keep cratering out on me. So I had determined that maybe I'm not watering them well enough, so I put a soaker hose on this year and have let it run a couple of times, maybe a little too long. There was some ponding and pooling at one end. And the three at that end hollies that had done real well, which actually was on the north, have now started to crater. So my next thought is, is my well water too alkaline? Would that be a possibility, or am I just not watering enough? Or you're watering too much. Now, I, that's the one thing I don't think it is. I'm pretty comfortable about that. Because I'm doing like every... Ten days to two weeks, I would run the soaker hose. Got it. Got it. Um, no, your well water is not too alkaline. There's nothing you can really do about that. Water is water, and the plants need it. Now, what can happen is very alkaline water can make certain nutrients more difficult to get, but the plant still needs water. Excuse me. The soil biology needs water to stay alive to be able to convert the nutrients to a form that the plant can take. Right now, um, I would, you know, it, it's, it seems like I'm being lazy, but 
it's 105 plus degrees out for a long period of time. We've had this absolutely brutal weather and I would crack up any, any, any plant not doing well. My first guess is it can't handle the weather. So, and you said they're Western facing. That's a lot of very hot sun. No, but they only actually get about two hours of sun a day because then there are some red oaks that shade them after that. Well, so they're not getting never, a whole lot of sun. Uh, like I said, they get about uh, two hours of, you know, the sun comes over the house and then hits them real hard for about two hours, and then they're under the shade of the red oaks as the sun continues off to the Well, it's over 100 in the shade in many places. So, 105, yeah. <laughs> 105. First off, I would just uh, hope for a break in the weather because once the weather breaks, you have an opportunity to try to recover the plant the best you can if it's going to recover. The number of plants that are just like, not, nah, I give up, this is too much for me, they're, they're lining up and we're going to have a terrible crash once this weather breaks into more plant-friendly temperatures, and we're going to have to figure out which plants are going to just require a little bit of cutting back and which plants are not going to make it. You've got right. water for them. It's, it, the heat, as, as lazy as that sounds as an answer, it's really hard to think of anything else as brutal as what we've been going through. Well, and, and, and that, well, that's why I put the soaker hose on. I thought, you know, at least I can hook up the soaker hose and water. And, and, and I, the fact that I overwatered these three, there's a, there's steps. It's kind of about two thirds of the way through. And then there are like seven hollies on one side, three on this other end. And the three down on that one end, again, the north end had been doing really well until it seemed like I over, and I didn't know, I didn't overwater them regularly, but I overwatered them a couple of times. And like I said, there was water standing a little bit. And I'd go, ooh, wow, I was wasting water. But I was like, well, it's for them, so it's okay. And, and now that, that they've started to turn, that makes me question, because our, our pH is about 8.0 on our water, or it was when I tested it four or five years ago. So I didn't, and, and I didn't know if I need to, because all of these are going to basically end up needing to be replaced. I wondered, should I maybe move to something like Nandina's? No, would never recommend a Nandina. They're, they have to be a certain variety. They can be invasive, and the berries can kill birds. So never going to recommend Nandina's. Danny, well, I think I ha- it's just a heat issue. And okay, your cho- choice to replace them is up to you. There are better choices than Nandina's. Danny, I got to take a break here. Thank you for the call. Uh, folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590. 
Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we got folks lined up on the phone here. This is Steven. Steven, what can I help you with? Hey, Jeff. I uh, really appreciate you and everything you do. Um, I, I'm out here in Driftwood. I got five acres, and I've ha- I've had like 20, probably 25 piles of branches, and we're talking six foot high, 15 feet in diameter, and we just have a big wildfire out here, and, you know, I'm starting to get nervous. You know, it's like I got all this fuel on my property, and so I finally bit the bullets, and I hired one of these uh, mulching, uh, like, bulldozer guys. I don't know what you call those things. Uh, it, it was like $1,500 for the day, and, and he came out, and within three hours, the property was totally cleared. And I just want to say that, you know, I, I wish I would have, like, contacted a neighbor because that's their minimum charge. And, you know, you, you can get a couple of neighbors to go together and, uh, and split the cost. You know, you could do my property, go over to the other guy's property because you, you're paying for the whole day. So I just want to throw that out there. But um, uh, the one sad thing about it, I had this old oak tree it was probably 150 years old, and a, a huge branch came off that thing. And I was gonna, I was gonna turn it into a memorial. I was gonna make like a, a sitting bench out of it. And and I turned my back, and this machine—it's it's so powerful. He ground up that branch that was probably 18 inches in diameter and probably 30 feet long. Uh, it was sort of sad. <laughs> It was almost like a, a death of a of a friend or something, you know. Um, across the street from where I live, there were fifty eight acres, and it was yeah. scrub and cedar and junk like that. And they brought yeah. one of those machines in, and in a single day, it was bare ground, so that yeah. they could put in a new development. Those things do a great job, but. Um, Sometimes you got to be a little careful because they'll get carried away and you really got to let them know what they should and shouldn't be chewing up. What you do with all the uh, grind? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I I made sure that, you know, I just, you know, do the piles after that. And I just told them, like, make one path. I don't want you zigzagging across the whole property and and doing damage. But, hey, another question, Jeff, real quick is uh, it's amazing – I got a lot of this yopon growing around the oak trees. And I'm just, it's amazing that it's, it's as green as can be. And in the past, I've always cut it back or tried to remove it. What's your take on that? Is, is that is that doing like sucking water away from the, the oaks? It has to be, right? Nope. Uh, yopons are native. They are yep. very drought resistant, very drought resistant. Um, they normally can survive on the water that falls that falls from the sky. They are something yeah. that, once they're established, you shouldn't need to water them. They're not um, taking water from other plants, <clears throat> so they're not really causing you a problem. They can get yep. a bit aggressive, and you wind up yep. with more of them than you wanted. And they also, uh, when they're full of berries, you're going to get a ton of birds. But in the spring, when they go and bloom out, oh, my God, the bees will love them. Okay. So sounds like just leave them. 
Oh, and, and uh, one last tip for your listeners. Um, mm-hmm. Clean your gutters out, because if you've yeah. got leaves and branches in your gutter and there's a wildfire, that's a lot of times how your house catches on fire. An ember lands in the gutter, starts a fire in the gutter, and then the next thing you know, your roof's on fire. So that's all. Yep. I, Jeff, thanks a lot. Like I say, I really appreciate you. Thanks for the call. Yeah, folks, that's a okay. good point. We're in the fire season. Don't do things that contribute to the fire. Pull the brush away from your home. Clean your gutters. Don't let dead things in the gutter. And you know, your gutters are bone dry right now. So anything that was in there, dead leaves, etc., are are not going to help. They're going to cause you problems. Let's go to, this is Matt. Matt, what can I help you with? Good morning. I'm okay, you hear me? Yep. Okay, tomato situation, I'm fighting situation. I've had one set of transplants, they didn't make it. I've got another set of young transplants and I have them this time indoors. They're very happy because it's 74 or 75 degrees under grow lights. Uh, my question is, is it too late to plant some tomatoes by seed, even indoors? Um, I did mine a month ago. Could you yeah. get away with it? It depends on how long a season we're going to get. Yeah. So you could try it by seed, you know, help them along, and sure. you may be able to get them in the ground with enough decent weather that they will still produce. Okay. So there's you you the worst that's going to happen is you're going to waste some start if everything sure. goes wrong. But otherwise, but, no, I think you can start plant yet. You want to get with it. Yeah. Another situation I keep facing is even on these transplants, I think it's just a temperature thing, even mostly shade, uh they cook outdoors and the only thing I can think of what we're causing actually the leaves and the ends of leaves to turn brown and get crispy is, is the heat. Would that be logical? Uh, you would think so, but the browning tips of the leaves can be a nutrient issue, too much or too little, and it can also be a regular watering. Remember, we want good deep water, and you want it to dry out before you water again. That can be one day in this heat. But yeah. it could be related to the heat. Um, no plant is happy now. No plant is happy. I'm, I'm hoping these will recover, uh, the ones that have a little browning, now that they're indoors in 75 degrees under a grow light. Uh, and I'll just see how they are. The challenge is... They'll get so big, I repotted them once. Uh, it'll be a challenge to keep them indoors under a grow light when they get too tall. But we'll just, uh, that's why I'll probably plant some uh, another seed to see what happens. Well, I have that problem now. I need to pot up all of my starts, and uh, hopefully, I have enough containers. Matt, thank you for the call. Okay. I need to thank break you. for the news at the bottom of the hour. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. 
Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, gardeners. A hot weekend. Going to be hot several weekends. I'm not even going to bother. I'll start talking when it's uh, something that's going to change and we're not dealing with 100-degree weather and super dry conditions. Hopefully, we can get some rain here soon. Let's go to the phone. This is Justin. Justin, what can I help you with? Hey, hey, quick question here. Uh, Obviously, you know, the weather being hot, I have uh, like six or seven leaning cypresses. They're pretty big, 25-foot. They're doing really well, but they're starting to get some brown ends on them. Should I cut them now, or is it too hot? It's going to ruin it, make it worse, and just let it be for a while. Um, The problem is whatever is browning them is something you need to figure out. Take some of the browning tips, cut a couple off. You don't need six foot of it, but just some of the browning tips, cut a couple off and bang them on a piece of white paper. You know, tap them down fairly hard and then stand back and look at the piece of paper. Are any of the dots on the piece of paper moving? That would be an indicator that you have spider mites. And it would not be a surprise for a cypress in this heat to have that kind of problem. But um, if you can confirm that they're spider mites, there are treatments for it. Things as simple as a couple times a week, spray them, hose them down with seaweed. You know, put it in a hose end sprayer, blast away till they drip. That will help get rid of the spider mites and that will also help the plant recover from the damage that the mites did. Now, if you do all of this and you're like pounding on the paper and you go to look and nothing is moving, this could be heat related. I would not trim it till we break from the heat because you wind up trimming it and it will stress out and get brown again. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm not hoping for. <laughs> You're not the only one. Everybody, uh, pl- I've got a uh, escarpment black cherry, and right now it is almost uh, lost all its leaves. And it's definitely because of the heat, it's getting water, it's just too hot for it. So I'm hoping it can limp along Till the weather is nice again and it'll come back. It should. It, it really should. But don't trim anything uh, if it's not the mite. Wait till okay. we get a break because you don't want to trim it and then have it suffer the heat that's still here and get worse. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for the call, Justin. Um, Folks, that, that's something we're going to be dealing with. You're going to see plants where you're going, oh, I need to trim the dead off. Wait till it's really dead, okay? This weather means you're going to keep losing branches and leaves, 
It should not be a death sentence for the plants. Um, but if you want to trim them, wait till we get into a break in the weather. Wait till we get that break. If you trim it right now and we're still going to get this heat, you're going to get more damage. Let's go to the phone. This is Nathan. Nathan, what can I help you with? Hey, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. I got three different questions for you today. Um, we were I just got back from being away for like two weeks, and I've noticed that I've got a couple of live oaks, my smaller ones, that are, it seems like all the leaves are brown on them. And so, one, wondering if those are dead and it's too late on them, or should I water them? And then two, um, second question is just about existing tomatoes from spring. Um, if I should try and cut them back a lot, because they just have a lot of thinly vines with a lot of the leaves have fallen off on them, and, but they're still kind of alive at the tips. And then I see in the AgriLife extension planting guide that there's a small window for potatoes in August. And I'm wondering if you think that's realistic this year or should I push it off later or, or what? So those are my three questions. Uh, look at it this way. Potatoes need about 90 days. So hold off on planting them. I know it's impossible to determine when is it going to freeze, right? We're worried about right. when is it not going to burst into flame. But if you can <laughs> hold off a little bit before you do the potatoes, like uh, we start seeing rain again, the temperatures aren't 100 degrees every day, you can try them, and hopefully you'll get a crop before before it freezes out on you. Um, oak trees, how big a diameter are the little ones? Probably about eight inches, eight to 10, maybe a little bit. They are, yeah. they are probably well established. I mean, unless okay. you purchased it with an eight inch diameter trunk, um, it is probably well established and it is suffering uh, it, it could be suffering something called leaf scorch. And it's basically yeah. the plants are overheated. A, an oak tree can drop every leaf on it more than one time per year and still recover. If you want to be sure, go out there and bend some of the tips of the branches Look at the little buds and see if they're all crunchy or if they're still, you know, somewhat soft yet. Scratch mm -hmm. the bark and see if it's green underneath. I'm betting the tree is alive. Okay? Okay. You should I water it? it or? Uh, if it hasn't been watered in a month, um, yeah, you should probably uh, try to slow soak around them soaker hose for several hours to get some water down. Um, but that would not harm them to provide them some water since obviously nobody's been getting any water. Okay. And then the tomatoes? Uh, you could try cutting them back. If you How much? cut them back, well, make sure you still have some green branches growing. 
you could cut them to six inches high if at that level there are still green branches growing out of that. And water, fertilize, treat like they were uh, still making harvestable tomatoes, and you have a good chance when the temperatures drop that we will get a fall harvest for tomatoes. Okay, great. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for the call, Nathan. Uh, Mary, I see you there. I got to take a break. I'll catch you on the other side. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, someone texted me, and this is a reminder that's kind of important. Do not park your car on the grass. The catalytic converter on your car operates at above 700 degrees. That's part of the process that it goes through to clean up the uh, exhaust. And parking on grass, that's just a fire starter. Because if you park somewhere where the grass can touch the converter, guess what? It's probably going to catch fire. And you will not be able to save your car. So if you're parking, do not park your vehicle on top of the turf. It is just a risk you should not be taking. And uh, it can really make a difference in controlling wildfires. Let's go to the phone. This is Mary. Mary, what can I help you with? Hi, um, thank you for taking my call. I have caterpillars that are eating my mountain laurel. And I've cut, they make this little web. And then I've cut them off. And then I've sprayed it with two different things over and over. The last one was Monterey BT. And they just keep coming back. Yes. Um, Listen, the, the, the Monterey is the right product. Okay. The Mm -hmm. caterpillar takes a bite of the leaf and this protein gets into the caterpillar, multiplies like crazy and bursts their stomach. It is not an instant kill product, but it will kill them in about 24 hours. You are doing the right thing. If you tear open the webbing, um, You have to open the webbing so you can get the BT in there. But also, if you open up the wedding, wedding, sorry, webbing, there's a couple of wasps that just love to eat those caterpillars, but they can't get to them when they're under the webbing. So tearing open, take a stick, rip open the cobweb, and when you spray, you want to spray till it's, just starting to drip and because they have to eat the whole leaf you you really don't have to worry too much about spraying underneath the leaf just get the leaf wet you want to spray um the bt the, the monterey bt will last about five days before you would want to reapply it so if you can 
try to spray twice a week. That will uh, also knock back the caterpillars. And like I said, tearing open the cobwebs, let the wasps be able to get to them and kill them. We can have really bad years of these guys. And you feel like you just give up because you cannot get ahead of them. But you will win. You will win if you can do those two things. Keep the webbing open and spraying. Okay. two, Two questions on that. When I'm spraying, I've been doing it at the end of a hose. You know, one of those just spray the whole bush. And I've Mm -hmm. also made, obviously, the mistake of cutting them all back before. You know, when I see all the webs, there were all these webs the other day. And so I just cut them back. I've about cut my mountain laurel down. It's half the size it used to be. And so maybe I'm supposed to do the spring while there's still webs on there. Well, Instead of cutting yeah. them all, all off. Yeah, yes. And like I said, you want to tear the web open. Right. You don't have to cut it off, but you do want to tear it open. Cutting off the webbing, part of the problem is your plant will want to put on new leaves. That's exactly what you want it to do. The problem with that is those caterpillars, the moth that lays the egg, Mm-hmm. really loves to do it on brand new leaves. Mm-hmm. They're tender yeah. and juicy. So try to leave as much of the plant as you can. Tear open the cobwebs and the spray. The hose end sprayer system will work. That is an easy and quick way to do it. Just be careful. Don't just spray all over the place. Just spray the mountain laurels. Because there are a lot of different caterpillars right now that turn into beautiful butterflies, and you'll kill them if you're not careful. But we want to kill these hairy little buggers that show up on our mountain laurels. Yes. So, but can I spray the whole bush of the mountain laurel? Yep. I I have about six of of these mountain laurels. Yeah. I have six or seven of these mountain laurels, and some of them are pretty big. So I've just been taking it on the on the hose sprayer and just spraying all over the whole bush, especially where the webs were. That's an easy way to do it. Um, Okay. And you you want to do it, you know, consider doing it in the evening. Mm -hmm. The The BT will evaporate and sunlight will break it down. So doing mm-hmm. it in the evening gives you the most time you can get for it to be effective. And, and do it and do it twice. Yeah, it's have cooler to, anyway, right? So I'm going to have to wait for those webs. I just cut a jillion of them off. So I need to wait for them to come back to start blooming and the spot caterpillars come back and then spray twice a week. I mean, clean uh, the webs. You know what? Since you've... Since you've cut everything off, you can start the spraying now because as that new growth comes and those caterpillars try to attack it, they'll get into that poison right away, and that may be one way to get ahead of it quickly. Okay, great. And do it twice a week, it sounds like. If you can, yes. Uh, Yeah. 
about four to five days apart. Okay, perfect. Okay, thank you for the encouragement. (laughs) (laughs) You bet. Thank you, uh, Mary, for the call. Uh, Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We need to take a break at the top of the hour for the news. Mike, I see you there. If you hang on, we'll catch you on the other side. 